Well, there's this incredibly stupid and untrue, very common statement. You've probably heard it. If you know it, go ahead and help me finish the sentence. People say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. How many of you agree that's really stupid and untrue? Raise your hand. I can't believe we train our kids that over and over and over again, that words can never hurt us. Sticks and stones, they can bruise our bones maybe for uh, days or weeks, but words can bruise our soul for years or even decades. On the other hand, though, words can not only hurt us, but words can build us, words can lift us, words can inspire us, words can transform us. They can hurt us or they can help us because words are so powerful. Everybody say, words are powerful. Say it again, words are powerful. Let's build a foundation from Scripture. We'll just look at a few verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 21 is where we'll start. And I want you just to internalize for a moment the truth of this very power-packed little short verse. The Bible says that the tongue, or our words, has the what? Would you say it aloud? The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue, the words that we speak... The words we speak can be life-giving or they can be life-taking. They can be life-giving or they can be toxic. Our words are so powerful. Think about this. When God created the world, how did he do it? He spoke. He said, let there be and there was. Words can create or words can destroy. Words can heal or words can hurt. Words can be life-giving, or words can be life-taking. There is power in our words. Today I want to talk to you for a little while about toxic words. In fact, if you're taking notes, let's uh, deal with our working definition for toxic throughout this series. Just write this down. What is toxic? Toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. It's anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. In fact, if there's anything today causing sickness of the soul, wouldn't you agree that it's hearing toxic words? In fact, words can be very healing or they can be a weapon. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever watch any of the old shows where they take the uh, poisonous darts and, you know, they'll blow a dart and shoot the poisonous tip into somebody. My kids now play this game that drives me crazy. Uh, they just, they act like they have a little dart gun and they just go, and then they shoot a imaginary dart at my neck and whenever it hits me, I have to freeze. 
until one of them touches me and sets me free. I hate that game. We're not playing it today. None of you are allowed to shoot me. I have a shield of faith which will block your fiery darts. But it's, words can be like that. P- people, they'll just, they'll shoot some words your way and, and the poisonous tip gets into your skin and the poison starts to seep throughout your soul and the toxic words can be so devastating. In fact, uh, let me just give you a couple of scriptures real quick that will contrast life-giving words or life-taking and toxic words. Proverbs 12, 18 uh, tells us what reckless words do. Everybody say it aloud. What do reckless words do? They pierce like a sword. That's toxic words. But here's the healing ones. The Bible says, but the tongue of the wise, what does it do? It brings healing. Words can be toxic or they can be life-giving. Proverbs 15, 4 says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. But there's another type, the the toxic tongue, the deceitful tongue, what does it do? It crushes the spirit. Chances are, many of you, if you look back over your life, you can find some different times when you, you heard some crushing words or you were pierced with someone's hurtful words, that they were toxic. Uh, it could be something that seems relatively innocent. Someone just kind of casually says, did you mean to do that to your hair? <laughs> You're like, ah, yes, I did, and is it bad? And, and you just you, you sink into fear. Or it could be, you know, someone says, you know, now why aren't you married? I mean, at your age, I thought you'd be married by now. And, and you just feel totally crushed by that. Or it could be something much more pointed. Someone says, well, I found someone else. I never loved you. I, I, I hate you. You're such a disappointment to me. I wish I never had you. Why can't you be more like your brother or your sister? I'm leaving you. You're nothing to me. You're pathetic. Many of you throughout the, the history of your life, you can probably reflect on some toxic words that, that the, the poisonous tip hits you and, and the poison spread throughout your body and you, you hurt, you, you've lost life because people have spoken words that crushed your spirit. On the other hand, though, there's life-giving words, uh, words that encourage and create. I believe in you. You are so special. I'm like massively proud of you. You're the best of the best. I I can't tell you how much I love you. I would marry you all over again. You're my dream husband. You're my dream wife. You knocked it out of the park today. You are so gifted. You're you're the answer to my prayer. Life-giving words. My mom used to always say to me when I was a kid, she said, God made you so special. You can do anything you want to do. And I just... She said it over and over again, and she was my mom. I believed it. It, cr- it gave life. My dad used to say if I'd make a great play in baseball, he'd say, son, that was so awesome. When, when, you, when you made that play, the buttons on my shirt popped off. I didn't even know what he was talking about. He thought, that's really cool. And Years later, like, what do you mean by that? He said, I was so proud that my chest would come up and the buttons would pop off. I was like, dude, that's awesome. I think I was in my late 20s before I realized he was lying, and I just thought, thought they really came off. It's, it's, it's life-giving words. I, I try to do this with my kids, with all six of them. We have, I have little sayings that I tell them over and over and over again. Uh, my third daughter, Anna, she's just, just she's in, amazingly special. And what I told her one time, and she just beamed, and she always asked me to tell her again. I said, when God made you, Anna, here's what he did. He called all the angels in for a meeting, and he said, watch this. I'm about to show off. 
and then he created you. She just smiles like, I bet that was a great meeting, Dad, wasn't it? And, 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 and she, she loves that. Amy does this for me. Uh, she sends me the greatest text. We like to say, we have great text. We do, and other things. And she, she really does. She sends me these awesome texts, and she always starts them out. She says, hey, mega man, and then she says whatever she wants. I just like that. I don't, something about your wife calling you mega man, it is right before God. I am mega man. Case you're one. It's, it's life-giving words. It, it, words can take life or words can give life. They, they can be healing or they can be toxic. So what I want to do today is I want to talk uh, about two types of words. There are the words that we hear that other people say to us. And then there are the words that we speak. Let's start with the words that we hear and then we'll look at the words we speak and we'll talk about three biblical thoughts, some words of wisdom. The first one, if you're taking notes, this is so important, we must guard our hearts against toxic words. We've gotta do whatever it takes to guard our hearts against the toxic words that others may say about us because we cannot control what other people say, but we can control what we believe. We can't control what someone says to us or about us, but we can control what we meditate on and what we allow into our hearts. In fact, Solomon in Proverbs 4 is a really meaningful chapter about a father imparting wisdom to his son through life-giving words. Here's what he said. He said, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. And then he gives them the most important advice. He says, above all else, here's the most important thing. Lean in, son. you got to hear this. Listen to the wisdom in my words. Above all else, he says to do what? Say it aloud. He says, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Guard your heart against any toxic words. Don't let them in. Someone says something about you, guard your heart against believing anything that is not true. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. In, um, uh, in my early 20s, I left the business world. I felt called into ministry and basically gambled everything, believing I was called to ministry. Uh, went full-time with a, a great church, went into seminary, did four years uh, on top of full-time work to get my Master's of Divinity. And uh, late in that process, I went before the denomination's ordaining board. We, I was a part of a well-known denomination, and I had to go through a year-long process to see if I was uh, qualified to be ordained. And at the end of the process, I sat down at a, with a large group of people, um, ministers and leaders from the denomination, and we got down to the end. They said, we got bad news for you. I said, we've looked at your gifts and your personality and how you're wired, and we all agree that you do not have the gifts that normally make someone a good pastor. We're not going to ordain you at this point. We're putting you on probation for a year. We're not sure you're called to ministry. I'm telling you, I mean, just telling you that story, it makes my heart beat with the emotion I felt at that time. It's like the world just came crashing down on me. I gambled it all. I felt that this was my life calling. And people looked at me and said, we're not sure that you're called to ministry. And I remember going out to my car at a little 
red geo prism piece of junk, and I've started crying, and I'm driving home just shaking, going, God, what do I do? You know, they told me I might not be called to ministry, and I'm just sinking in panic. And I'm telling you, God spoke to me in such a clear way. It wasn't audible, but I'm telling you, it was from God. And he said to me very clearly, you are not who others say you are. You are who I say you are. I say you're called that moment. You are not who other people say you are. You are not the sum total of the words spoken about you from faulty men. You are not who others say you are. You are who I say you are. Guard your heart against the toxic words from naysayers. I want to tell you right now, you are not who others said you are. If someone said you'll never be good enough, I want you to know you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which were prepared in advance for you to do. If someone says you're a piece of trash, you're used goods. No, you're not. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and everything has become new. You don't listen to the toxic lies of the words imagine. If I just surrender and said, well, they said I'm not called to ministry, I just give up, back into sales again. You are not who others say you are. Guard your heart. You cannot control what they say, but you can control what you believe. Don't let the toxic lies seep into your heart and change who you are. You are not what others say about you. I, I like this game that our friends the Yates play. They have three little girls, and they play this game called Truth or Trash. They bring their, their three little daughters in, and they put uh, sayings on note cards, and they, they let them read them. They'll hold one up that says, uh, you will never make a difference in this world, truth or trash. And they go, that's nothing but trash. And they take it wide up and throw it down. <laughs> God has plans to bless you and prosper you, and they hold it up and say, that is truth, and I believe that. You are an ugly person. That ain't nothing but trash. You're beautiful in the sight of God. And that, my baby, is truth. And over and over again, what they're doing is they're training their children to identify truth versus trash. You've got to do that. So someone says something about you that's not true, and it hurts you, and you internalize, no, 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 nothing but trash. You throw that thing down. You internalize truth, and you reject the toxic words of trash. Above all else, Guard your hearts. I'm here to tell you, people will say things that are hurtful over and over and over again, often those that you love and trust the most, but you are not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. Above all else, guard your heart against the toxic lies and words you may hear. We're talking about the words that you hear. Now for a moment, let's talk about two thoughts about the words that you say. First thing, guard your heart against toxic words. Second thing, I beg you to speak life-giving words to others every chance you get. Speak life-giving words. Now, to do that, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to learn to do this. Because you're going to be tempted to speak some toxic words. Your fleshly nature is going to get angry sometimes. You're going to get your feelings hurt. And you do not want to be one who spreads and unleashes toxic, hurtful words. You start by, uh, 
Whenever you're about to speak something hurtful and you make a decision, I will only speak life-giving words. Here's what the Bible says, Ephesians 4.29. You should memorize this verse. Do not let any what? Do not let any unwholesome talk, don't let any toxic words come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for what? For building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Here's my rule, and I, I live by this. Whenever you think something good, say it. Anytime. Every time. Whenever you think something good, say it. Give life to it. Don't hold it back. Don't rob the blessing. Matt, I appreciate you almost every week. You text me. You, you think something good and you just say it. I'm expecting a text today from you. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. It's you, if you think something good, you give life to it by saying it. You write the note. You send the email. You, you look them in the face and you don't rob them of the life giving blessing. You think something good, you say it. This is a rule at my home with uh, Amy. Um, 20 years into marriage, I'm telling you, we are just ridiculously in love. I told her last night, how do you get better and better and better? One thing is, we just make it a rule. Think something good, we say it. We had a, a, a girl from our uh, one of our Tulsa campuses, Bethany, lived with us for the last four months or so over the summer. And uh, I just decided she's going to live with her pastor. She's going to see me as I is. No, I am. No shows, no nothing. And she's brand new with us, and Amy walked in, and I just looked at her, and I thought, she's smoking hot, so I said, mm, baby, you are, God, just, mm, 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 and she said, thank you, mega man, then we started making out, right, <laughs> and we just, we, we're just like, and I, we're just going to be ourselves, and she was kind of going, can a pastor do that, and Anna, who's 11, put her hand on Bethany's shoulder, and she rolled her eyes, and she said, believe me when I tell you, after you've lived with them for about 30 seconds, you just get used to that. And I thought, that's, I, I, I am, I mean, that made my day to hear my daughter say, that's just the way it is. They're going to be talking. They're going to be all over each other. You think something good, you say it. I do this with my kids all the time. And they said, uh, one of them said, Daddy, you're always telling me you love me. You're always telling me you're proud of me. You're always telling me how great I am. I'm like, do you want me to stop? She's like, no, I'm just making an observation that you always do it. It's, it's, it's life-giving. Here, here's my promise, though. You have a bad marriage, a struggling marriage, I promise you there are more toxic words than life-giving words. I promise. I promise you. You have a struggling relationship with a child or with your mom or your dad or, or someone you work with. I promise you there's more toxic words, the, the little jabs, uh, the, the, uh, the, the bullets with humor wrapped around it, uh, truth hidden in humor. There's more toxic words. And as a side note, I don't want any of you going home today saying, see, I told you, you're nothing but toxic. You got the toxic words. I hate yours. That, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. We all speak life-giving words every chance that we get. Words are so powerful. They can transform lives. Let me give you an example of this. This, is, this was so meaningful to me. Um, this is from a lady who goes to our campus. Her name is Contessa. And she wrote into a Christian radio station called K-Love and talked about something that my wife Amy said to her seven years ago. Seven years ago. Listen to how one word, one sentence impacted someone. Uh, Contessa wrote, I'm a single mother of four boys. My eight-year-old son, Titus, was born severely premature at 24 weeks gestation. He has cerebral palsy, is profoundly deaf, and has no stomach to feed, so we use a feeding pump into a small intestine. Seven years ago, 
my pastor's wife, Amy Rochelle, made a comment that changed my life. One day, Titus was pulling, pulling my hair and not letting me put on his leg braces. It was 7.45 a.m. I was supposed to be at work at 7.50 across town. This brought me to tears of frustration. I thought about how unfair this was when suddenly I remembered something that Amy Groeschel said to me. She said, Titus was perfect and everything about him was just as God planned for his glory. I stopped crying, laughed, and marveled at God's goodness for allowing me to keep such a perfect child. Thank you, Amy, for your uplifting words of God's greatness. Seven years ago, seven years ago, something that Amy, quite honestly, doesn't even remember saying, impacted someone and made a profound difference in her life. What's really cool is now Contessa went on to get her degree and, and teaches children with special needs um, in school, and she can trace back so much of what she does to one sentence. You can do that. I want you to know this. You, you, can, you can do this. Your household can be different. Your relationships can be different. Your marriage can be different. Your work environment can be different. Those of you at Church Online right now, you can, you can give life to someone else from another part of the world with the spoken or the written word. Words are so powerful. Guard your heart against toxic words. Every chance you get, speak life-giving words. You think something good, bless them. Set it free. Say it. Third thing, if you're taking notes, and this is so important, I want to encourage you to speak life-giving words, not just to others, but also to yourself and to your circumstances. Speak life-giving words to yourself and to your circumstances, because quite honestly, so many of us, uh, we have very life-taking self-talk. You don't know what I'm talking about. In your own mind or in the words you say, I'm never going to be good enough. Life's always going to stink. I'm sick of my life. Uh, I never get the breaks. I'm tired of this person. My marriage is always going to be bad. I'm always going to be in financial trouble. I'm never going to like my job. And over and over and over again, we speak negative, faithless self-talk. And this does not honor God. Some of us, we need a little Stuart Smalley theology. Who remembers Stuart Smalley? A few of you? Help me out. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Thank you to all three of you that helped. <laughs> Evidently, I'll leave that out as we move forward. <laughs> I'm sorry. Better than, better than Stuart Smalley theology, how about a little Jesus theology? Watch how Jesus illustrates the power of our faith in words. He says this is in Mark 11, 23. He says, if anyone does what? Help me out. If anyone, again, if anyone says to this mountain with the, the power of the spoken words with faith, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. If anyone speaks by faith and says to this mountain, get out of here, it will be done. My pastor used to say this, he'd say, don't talk about your mountains. He'd say, tell your mountains about God. Speak faith to them, a little bit like David in the Old Testament, a little shepherd boy. When all the Israelites were afraid of the big, giant Goliath, they all were like, he's too big to beat. David looks up and says, he's too big to miss. Give me a rock. I can take him down. He looks at this guy, and he speaks to him, and he says, who are you to come against the armies of the living God? Who are you? You aren't anything. You're not bigger than my God. And he speaks words of faith 
to his circumstances, and he believes that God is big enough. Now, just for the record, for those of you that are church people and you've been in the church world for a long time, I want to be very, very clear that what I'm not talking about is what's known as word faith theology. That's where if you say it, you can have it, blab it and grab it, name it and claim it, that if you just, your words create whatever you say, I'm going to have a Rolls Royce in Jesus' name. You know, and then you got a Rolls Royce. That's not what I'm saying at all. I believe that's a very dangerous misinterpretation of Scripture. What I am saying is that you align your words with the truth of God. I am not who others say I am. I am who God says I am. I align my words with his truth, and I let his truth drive me. I speak words of faith. I'm created by God to do great things. God is for me and not against me. I, I, I have faith to deal with this issue, and you speak life to yourself and to your circumstances. You guard your heart against the toxic words. You speak life to others every chance you get, and by faith, you speak God's words, his truth to yourself and to your circumstances, and you watch as he does something only he can do. Let me, let me give you an example of this. It's one of my favorite all-time ministry stories. Years ago, uh, there was this guy that came into my office, and he was hurting massively. He was so depressed, you could feel it on him, and I was thinking, this guy is probably suicidal, and I just went ahead and asked him, because truly suicidal people often don't talk about it, they just do it. Most people who talk, they're asking for help, and so I just said, have you thought about taking your life? And he told me he had. I said, how have you thought about doing it? And I was digging for information. He told me his plan, which told me this was serious. And so I'm praying like crazy in my mind, God help me, give me words of wisdom. I love this guy. I don't want to see something happen to him. And, and he was hurt again. I felt like God said to me to take a notepad and to write down some things about him because he just felt like he was, had nothing to live for. He wasn't any good. He wasn't, uh, didn't have blah, blah, blah. And so I said, what we're going to do is we're going to write down 100 positive and true statements about you. And he just said, there's nothing. There's not a thing. Life is not worth living. And I said, that is a lie, and I'm going to prove it to you. We're going to write down 100 positive things about you. And he couldn't do it. Finally, I said, what is one talent you have? He said, well, I'm a pretty good writer. And he was. So I wrote that down. Number one, you're a good writer. I said, number two, give me another one. He said, well, some people say I'm pretty funny. And he was. He had a real dry, kind of awkward sense of humor. I said, you're pretty funny. Give me another one. He said, well, I look like Robert Redford. <laughs> I said, no, you've already said it. You're funny. You don't look like Robert Redford. I'm not writing that down. And so we kept on going, and he got put another one down, another one down. And before long, He's, the, these positive things, just he got the hang of it. He started to roll off his back. Uh, a lot of people like me. Uh, my mom said I cleaned up my room as a kid. All these, I mean, just, just even ridiculously positive things. And before long, he was giving me more things than I could. I slowed down. I can't, and tears started to come stream down his face. And, and he said, I've, I was, you know, voted president in the eighth, my eighth grade class. And I've got friends. And uh, people like it when I teach the Bible. And before long, we had gone through about 50. And we, just, we kept going and pressed on all the way through 100, and I tore off the page, I gave it to him, I said, I want you to take this with you and always remember, this is the truth about you. And he just, you could tell his countenance changed, and we prayed, and I asked God to protect him and to, and to, to build him, and I lost track of this guy, I don't know where he went, what happened, years went by, 
I was teaching one Sunday in this building that was earlier on in this, at this campus, and afterwards, this guy came up to me. He had married somebody, had a cute little wife, and he had a little toddler kid following a little ducky coming along, and I gave him a great big hug. I was like, dude, man, see, God had great things for you, and he just was overcome with emotion. He said, I got to show you something. He reached into his back pocket, pulled out his wallet, opened it up, and pulled out this crumpled up piece of paper, and he said, these words, he said, these words saved my life. Words. The tongue has the power of life and death. Some of you, you are not doing what you've been called to do because you've been believing words that are not true. You are not who others say you are. Get that poison out of your heart. Forgive the person who spoke it. Stop rehearsing it. You are who God says you are. When you, you feel like, uh, my life is always going to be bad. I'm, I'm never going to be ha happy. No, God has plans to bless you and to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. I, I, I'm always going to be miserable. I don't have anything. No, you have everything you need, Scripture says, for life and godliness. I, I never get the breaks. No, I serve a good God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. And he is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You replace the toxic words with truth, and by faith you speak them. You may not feel it. You keep speaking faith until you believe it. You are not the sum total of others' words. You are who God said you are. There is power in the tongue. The words can give life or they can take life. We will be life givers, not life takers. Anytime we think something good, we're going to say it. We're going to speak words of life and we're going to watch as God does more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. All of our campuses praying together. Father, thank you for your living word. Thank you that that in the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Thank you, God, that, the, that your Word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. God, thank you that we can align our words with the truth of your Word, and we can see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All of our locations, as you're praying today, let's just dig right in. Many of you, you are the victim of reckless words. Someone has said something, you've internalized it, and maybe you're even carrying a wound. Your, your soul's been bruised by hurtful words. You, you've, you've been on the receiving end of some words that were hurtful. That's you. Would you raise your hands right now? Let's lift them up. All of our campuses, lift them up. Lift them up. Others of you, you'd say, you know what? I'm the offender. Maybe even this week I've spoken some reckless words, some hurtful words. I've, I've spoken toxic words, maybe even to people that I love the most. If that's you, would you lift up your hands right now? Just be real honest. Lift up your hands. God, I pray right now for um, both sides of this coin. God, for those who um, have fallen to the flesh and let the tongue uh, do harm, we pray for forgiveness, God, for every careless word that we, we've spoken. And we even know, God, that according to your word, we'll give an account for our words. Forgive us, God, for our careless and, and even intentionally hurtful words. God, give us the self-discipline to bite our tongue and not to speak any words that hurt. 
But God, as we, as we uh, don't allow any unwholesome talk to come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, God, by faith, help us to every time we think something good, to say it, to encourage, to lift those around us. And now, God, for those who are carrying a wound, I pray right now, at this moment, that your Holy Spirit would set them free, that they are not who others say they are. They are not the sum total of someone else's words. They are who you say they are. God, give them the power to forgive and to let the poison out of their hearts. Replace it, God, with your truth. God, give us the courage and the faith to speak words that align with your truth, believing, God, that ultimately your word is the only thing that matters. And we want to speak your word, live your word, become your word, and bring glory to you as we break free from the toxic sin of this world, empowered by the Spirit to live a life that would bring honor and glory to you. As you keep praying today, nobody looking around, I want you to really listen carefully to these words. So many of us, we're believing lies based on the words that others have said. Some of you think, uh, I, I could never be right with God. I've been way too bad. That's a lie. Some of you, on the other hand, you think, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough for God. I, I, I've go, I go to church. I try hard. I'm a pretty good person. I, I'm religious. I'm good enough for God. That's a lie. Both those are lies. It's a faulty mindset based on words that are not true. Let me tell you the words that are true. The words that are true is, we all have sinned, and all of us fall short of the glory of God. There's not a person by his or her works that can ever qualify for, for heaven. Here's the truth. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. Here's the truth. There are many of you, you are here today because God preordained for you to be here, for you to turn your life over to him. You may think, but I'm not ready, I'm not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You can't be good enough. Here's what the Bible says. Check this out. Truth, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the spoken word, who calls on Jesus, anyone will be saved. When you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, all of your sins will be forgiven. You'll be a new creation. All the old is gone, and behold, everything becomes new. That's why so many of you are here today. That's why many of you are at church online right now, because you can sense it. God preordained for you to hear truth, confess truth, and be changed by truth. The Bible says when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. All of our campuses, those of you who would say, yeah, maybe I even know about God, but I don't know him. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Today, I turn it all over to him. Jesus, take my life. Today, I confess my need for you. Would you save me? Would you make me new? I give my life to you. All of our locations, those of you who say, that's me. Today, I give my life to him. Lift your hands high now. Lift them high now. Leave them up, and I want to meet you eye to eye. Right back there, sir, big hand raised in the air. Praise God for you. And here in this middle section, God bless you, man, right there. Others of you say, me too, over on this side. Others who say, me too, count me in. Right back over here. Praise God for you, sir. Others of you, ma'am, right there, welcome. Welcome into the family of God. And ma'am, right here as well. Others today, call on him. Jesus, take my life. Right back over there. Say, yes, I surrender to you. Others, call on his name. Take every bit of my life. Those of you at church online, just click right below me. I'm giving my life to Christ. 
all of our campuses today as we see people by faith confessing the Lordship of Christ. Everybody just pray aloud as the family of God. Pray together, pray, Heavenly Father, with my words, I admit I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, by faith, I believe you died for me and you rose again. Save me from my sins. Make me new. I confess you are now my Lord. You are my Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you for new life. Fill me with your spirit as I give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. All of our campuses, would you take a moment and worship God, thank him. You wanna give him praise with your lips, praise him for who he is, new life in Christ.